Welcome to the original vegan business talk with myself, Shane Jeremy James, where I discuss life-changing business advice with vegan companies who are making a true difference in the world. Hey everybody, welcome back to the next episode. And today we have Christoph Kalazit, Kalazitz. No, did I get it? It's Christoph Kalazitz. All right, I was close, but we even practiced. Slightly butchered, but 95% there. I know it's a difficult one. It's a difficult one. I know. And I got it right before. Perfectly. <laughs> then when we went live, messed it all up. But it's all right. That's why you're here. So awesome. Welcome. We're, we're pleased to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor uh, for me to be here. Awesome. So he does a few things. He's got two or three or four businesses and I'll let him explain, but his main thing is, is Opus right now. And I'll kind of, he'll tell you how that got started. And Opus was created with a passion for creativity and obsession for the perfect cocktail experience with none of the prep work. Uh, um, they're they're specific, a specific brand of high quality, handcrafted and incredible detailed orientated recipes is something that they hoped will help guide the hospitality industry and cocktails to a higher standard. And I know that you have, looking at your resume, you have a big background there in all this space. So tell us a little more about you and then how did you get to this? That's a very good question. So <laughs> that, goes, that goes back back at the days. Uh, I, I've been in the hospitality industry pretty much uh, all my working career. Obviously, I've done a whole bunch of jobs when I was younger till I got to the hospitality. And I'm like, we got something here. I'm, I'm excited working here. So uh, I wasn't a bartender and a big mixologist at the very beginning, right? So I started as, as a barback in, in a nightclub. And my actual job was to get the clean glasses, get them to the bartenders, get the dirty ones back and repeat, repeat, repeat. So I was a bar back. Right. So I, I fell in love with the, with the whole bar situation. And first I was a barista for, for a long time. Then I was a coffee roaster for a little bit. But coffee, coffee is coffee. Coffee has a limit, even if it's going to be eight, nine, 10 o'clock, you're going to have an espresso martini, but how many espresso martinis you're going to have? You're going to have one, you're going to have two. Well, that's it. And I'm like, what's, what's next? And that's why and how I jumped into the beverage and cocktail world. And I was always looking for the next step. Then what's next? What's next? What's next? And that took me to the global competition of cocktails. That was my ticket to travel pretty much all over the world. That was my ticket to come to the other side of the world, which is Canada. Obviously, I'm, I'm Greek. You can definitely uh, tell from, from my accent. Um, but it was, it was all about how to get to the next step, how to get what we do and how I do it to the next step, to the next level. Right. And, and so it's interesting you talk about, you know, you being a bar back because I started in the bar industry too. My friend owned bars and I was, he brought me in and in between my hockey. I, actually, I started working when I was 18, when I wasn't even old enough. I worked at the back door. That was a part-time job. And then I kept working the doors for him. 
And then I moved and the barbacks all loved me because I was just a very, that's where my compassion already came from. Cause I'd help them. You know, I'd be picking up stuff. I wasn't those guys that just stood there. You know, I'd see when they're like, we're, we've got a thousand people in there and like, it's just nuts. Right. And I'm just standing there and there's no fights or nothing crazy going on. Right. So I'd be like grabbing stuff. And then I went so on. Yeah. Yeah. I was about, yeah, I worked the doors. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I became and started managing all his clubs and stuff like that. So I moved up and stuff like that. And, I learned how to bartend for a while. And the only reason that started because some people didn't show up one time and I had to start doing it and I had no idea. So that was kind of like, so I started to learn how to do that, but I never became like really good at that. Like, you know, not like you would have been and stuff like that. Right. So awesome. So, I mean, so we kind of got a similar background coming from that industry. So then how did like when, so you got now, how did Opus, like, how did that, like, why did you decide to do, opus and this type of product um right so with my other business called speakeasy and co uh we do beverage development and formulation so in order for us to do beverage development we pretty much have to live in 2025 we have to see what's coming what's the trend what's happening in the beverage uh, industry that everything pretty much starts from the bars and starts from them uh, hospitality industry. So back in 2018, uh, I was telling my clients that <clears throat> obviously I had a full-time job and Speakeasy and Co. Uh, was my side gig, my side project. Um, so back in 2018, I was saying to people that, hey guys, the alcohol-free beverage segments it's going to explode all over the world because pretty much people see what's happening with alcohol. Um, people are more cautious about what they consume and how they consume it. And fast forward, 2020, March, COVID hits and every single one of my clients, they were like, Christos, alcohol-free cocktails and alcohol-free spirits I don't see the purpose of it. You drink spirits in order to get drunk. You drink spirits in order to have fun. Uh, but me being a, a brand ambassador for some of the world's biggest brands, I was trying to educate and explain to people that, yes, you drink to get drunk, but you should drink in order to enjoy the moment. Yeah. So... Um, uh, anyway, fast forward to March 2020, COVID hits, I'm getting laid off from my full-time job. Thank God I have my speakeasy uh, and co thing going on the side. And I'm like, you know what? I'll do it for myself and see how this is going to go. So the mission of Opus is to create a safe and sustainable environment for both alcohol drinkers and non-drinkers to be able to have exactly the same handcrafted cocktail experience. So our main focus and our main business is the alcohol-free cocktails, but at the same time, we have limited edition alcoholic. Right. Cool. So I love that. I love that story, how you just kind of, you know, went out on your own and people were like, well, I don't know, this is going to work, you know? And, and I mean, me looking at the business model and what you did, I mean, I, if I would have been your friend at the time, I'd have been like, hey, this is going to work because the next generation doesn't drink near like the last generations, you know? So, uh, so, you know, and, and I noticed myself, like I'll even have a non-alcoholic drink 
at times when I go out and stuff like that, because I don't, you know, I don't drink too much. And so, you know, bring me back 15 years ago, that would have never happened, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, I see, I actually see this, I actually see this in, like we do events and we do tastings and we do demos and we try to participate in as many events as we can now that kind of the restrictions are, are going down. And I see the youngest generation, like let's say 19 to 25, they're like, alcohol free cocktails and cocktails, nah, nah, nah. I'm like, okay, I'll see you in four years. In four years from now, you'll, you'll come to us. So, so good. You, you tried it already. You know that it's already there. So when you're ready, I'll see you soon. Oh. It's funny that you mentioned that because um, we just started the next round of, of raising funds. Right. In order for us to uh, get the vehicle, let's say, to the next gas station. Yeah. So right now we have three SKUs, the Pitch Bellini, the Gin and Tonic, and the Aperitivo Spritz. And we have lots of innovation on the pipeline coming out soon. That's cool. So what's been your biggest challenge starting the business? Um, that's another very good question. Um, well, obviously, Liquid Intelligence, which is the parent company of, of Opus, uh, is, is a COVID baby. It's a 100% COVID baby. Um, there was lots of challenges and lots of ups and downs. People, before I even start liquid intelligence and some of my mentors they were like christos there's gonna be great days there's gonna be bad days and then there's gonna be great days and then there's gonna be bad days again but guess what guess what's next and then it's great days again so i'm i'm in i'm on this um ride right now i absolutely love it I, every day I'm, I'm learning new things there's obviously things that you don't know that you don't know which is the most exciting part. But regarding difficulties and challenges, um, I'll say that number one right now will be supply chain. Like most of the businesses are facing now issues with supply chain. Yeah, that's a big comment out of a lot of different businesses I've been interviewing and stuff is supply chain. One of the businesses I just interviewed, they deal a lot in trying to get glass, glass bottles glass like not beer bottles but bottles and most of them come out of china and there's nobody develop them you know in canada and the cost has also gone up 600 percent yeah so that is very true that's yeah. true like a price for a price as an example for for a container from 3500 it went to fourteen thousand. that's like 10 times up so yeah. wow yes Who's, who's going to pay for this? Yeah, yeah, right. Cool. Cool. And if they, it's me and you that we are the consumers. Like, we obviously run a business, but at the same time, I'm, I'm a consumer. I have to go to the grocery store. I have to put gas on my car. I have to buy clothes, wear, and make a right. living, right? I've I, I seen a bag of chips at Shoppers, a brand name bag of chips at Shoppers last night. It was uh, $7.15. Bag of chips, right? <laughs> you have some gold chips in there or something <laughs> oh, you never know yeah yeah right so how about how did you get the business going did you did you go get financing did you go around and uh you know family friends uh, bootstrap type of thing or did you do a raise um obviously there was a capital that 
first went in from from myself and yeah. we raised some money from friends and family as well. Right. Yeah. Cool. cool. That's cool. And then you're now you're going on to the that would be your you're going on to your second second raise then that would be. This is gonna be this is gonna be the second round. Yeah. So this yeah. round is going to be for us to grow and get the the market share that it's out there for us right now because this is a complete new market there is no data there was yes there was alcohol free beers and beverages long time ago but what we do here is completely different like what we do is 100% alcohol free zero calories zero sugar 100% handcrafted uh, vegan we also plant a tree for each box sold and we're trying to support our community as much as as we can and when it makes sense of course yeah that's amazing you know i i mean i would think the zero calories is a huge play right? like a huge play because i mean what is i don't know what is a beer or wine having it a beer must have what 150 calories i would think you know. um well number one it all comes down to the carbohydrates that's in there the sugar content that is in there and most of the calories in the alcoholic beverages comes from the alcohol right got it interesting interesting so when you went um the vegan route was that a was that you know was that a how did that decision become about did you just see the market or, or how did that, why did you decide to do that way? Um, we use zero spices and herbs. We use no animal products in, in our beverages. And I don't believe that there is a room in a handcrafted cocktail uh, to the quality that we make it that has some uh, animal products in it. I don't see the value in it. I don't see being paired properly. Right. So I love there's that. a big difference. There's a big difference between alcohol, alcohol free and dealkalized beverages. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. I love the route you guys are going, you know, and I think that so many people don't understand if you look in your cupboards how like how many animals are being tested in different things on products that we have in our cupboards that that this the average person doesn't know at all so i would think you guys are a bit of an you're almost in an education business as well too i look at it that is very true that is very true we have to educate our consumers and people that they try to product because uh personally i i am not vegan personally yeah. Um, but I do respect the movement. I do understand the, the reason. I do understand the, the why. Right. Um, but uh, when we do samplings and tastings and give samples to people, like most of the people, they think that this is going to be, or oh, no, this is going to be loaded with sugar, or this is going to be loaded with fake ingredients. Yeah. None of it is scary. We're zero calories, zero sugar. And the main reason that we didn't want to use any sugar is because if we use sugar, we're going to have to use some preservatives as well. Right. In order to make sure that we have longer shelf life. So that wasn't a, a route that we want to take. And I wanted to take the, um, the company. I wanted to have a complete different direction. So that's why we use organic stevia leaf. We don't use, we, we don't use any Splenda and any aspartame and all this kind of stuff, which is um, 
semi-chemically produced. We only use organic stevia leaf. Right. That's awesome. That's awesome. So it's a clean, healthy, it's really a clean, healthy drink. Um, we don't do any health claims, but yeah. there is nothing for you to feel bad yeah. when you consume our beverages. It's pretty much guilt-free. Yeah, totally. I can do my own health claim for it. I come from the health industry, so <laughs> I can say it. it's healthy. So uh, do you, so where do you, what's the biggest, like, how do you guys market right now? Are trade shows your biggest thing or doing sampling? Like, how are you getting the brand out there? Uh, that's a very good question. So right now we are doing as many demos and samplings and tastings as we can. We do events, we sponsor events. Like as an example, last weekend we had uh, the dating cup that happened in Vancouver, Kitsilano Festival, uh, car free days, uh, spirits festivals. Uh, we also do lots of local collaborations. We're trying to collaborate with other uh, same-minded uh, same and same, um, let's say focused uh, local businesses. Right. Um, and we obviously have lots of help from uh, our marketing team that they come up with all the amazing ideas. And we actually are, announcing something very cool that I'm very excited about for, for August 1st. So stay tuned. We're putting together a very good, a very cool collaboration. Um, just on time for, for summer and for the heat wave and all the money uh, coming in from uh, this collaboration will go into a, a autism research. That's cool. That's awesome. Is it combined with Pride Weekend? <laughs> when is Pride Weekend? Is it next weekend? No, not yet. no this weekend. This weekend? Yeah, yeah, uh, we yeah. actually announced this uh, August 1st, so Monday. Right. Okay, cool. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, you, you know, with you guys, do you do, like, where is it sold, your product? Uh, the alcohol-free, as we speak, we are in approximately 800 locations across Canada. We are in every single province. Uh, and the alcoholic, which is limited edition, we only have it available in 200, 200 plus locations in BC. Got it. And so, like, what type of locations are, are they sold at? Uh, the alcohol free are in groceries, restaurants, cafes, um, local convenience stores. Okay. Um, and obviously, the alcoholic, it's only available in. Uh, some bars, restaurants, and liquor stores, of course. Right. Do you guys actually do, do you guys go in and do tastings with your product in liquor stores and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, how, was it hard to get the product into a lot of the stores? Like, like every business, when it's, when you start with something, it's, it's difficult, but yeah. When people try the product, they understand who we are, what we do, what's our mission, where we're going, why we're doing it, then that's a complete different case. That's, that, that's because what we do right now with alcohol-free, with alcohol it's, it's a game changer. And that's why we are mostly focused on the alcohol-free. Um, and at the end of the day, if you want to spike it up a little bit with some vodka or some gin or something, that's 100% up to you. Yeah. So... So when you started to get into the stores, was it just pounding the pavement? Were you just sending emails and 
saying what you got and trying to get meetings and, and, and did you just go like, you know, hardcore, like persistence? Is that how you started to do it? That's times, times 10, X 10, hustling, 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 and hustling. That was myself at the beginning. And right now we're working with some distribution companies that they help us with some agencies that they help us lock deals and we'll build our own sales force as we speak. Right. So how many no? did you get a lot of no's at the start? Seven out of 10 were no's. Yeah, yeah. So that's a great learning lesson for everybody listening in business right now. That's just the norm in most businesses. Get used to it. And that's why you say you got to have thick skin to get to those three. Seven out of 10, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Seven out of 10 were, were no's. And the main question was alcohol free, cocktail <laughs> in a can? Why? Right. Like, there's no reason to drink that. I'm like, okay, I'll see you down the road. Right, right. So that was the again. so that was like the main main objection. Then was that the main objection? Was was that was one of them? One of the main objections? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was one of that was one of the main objections because again, that's that's a complete new market. Um, there is lots of brands that they're coming and jumping into the game. There's lots of people saying that there is so much competition coming, Christos. Like, what you're gonna do about it? And I'm like, that's a quite new category. And I'm actually very happy to see new brands jumping on board because this legitimizes the category and it makes it even stronger. Like um, the category between now and 2024, it's going to surpass 10 billion. So, right. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people understand that because if you're just doing it by yourself forever, shows there's no market, right? So if you have other people coming in, it shows there's a big market for it. That is very true. And slowly, you're going to see all the big sharks, all the big brands getting into the game. Right. Are you guys just in Canada right now? Yes, we are in Canada right now. Um, I want to make sure that we take care of our house first. Yeah. And then we start focusing in other markets as well. But I'm already in talks with, uh, with export opportunities and all this kind of stuff. Right. Where do you see outside of Canada your next biggest market? Is it the U.S.? Uh, U.S. is big already on, on the alcohol-free segment, specifically West Coast. Um, obviously, U.S. is on the table. Um, West is on the table. Europe is on the table. Australia right. is on the table. Um, with alcohol-free, sky's the limit. With the alcoholic... Each country, each province, each state has its own regulations. Right. So, yes, this is still on the game, but we do have it as a limited edition now until we see that there is some traction and I don't want to take, um, let's say, resources and energy from our main focus and our main purpose, right. which is the alcohol frame. Right, right. I would think there would be a lot more red tape, too, with alcohol to try and get into other Oh, yeah, lots, places. yeah. 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 So we'll get, let's let's spin one. Let's spin it a little bit. What do you think? You've been in entrepreneurship for a while. While so let's let's say, give us uh, your take on what it, what are some of the qualities somebody needs to be a great entrepreneur. That's 
That's a hell of a question. Yeah. Um, I'm still trying to figure it out for myself, to be honest with you. So whatever advice I'm going to give you, I don't know if it's going to be the correct one because I'm trying to learn every day as much as I can. But from my experience and my journey so far is persistence. It's good to have your eyes in the future and be, be let's say, uh, what's the word I want to use for that? Like be focused on the vision and, and the next steps. Um, lots of attention needs to go on the small details because I do believe that devil lives in the detail mm -hmm. um, and persistence. Like me, myself, again, I, I got lots of help. I knocked lots of doors, lots of doors in order to get uh, Opus out there. There was lots of no's mm -hmm. and I only needed three people to say yes. So when these three people said yes and they were like, Christos, we believe it that what you do who you are, your experience so far, and your journey in the hospitality and the beverage industry. Let's let's see what's gonna happen. So we're not even a year in business. We are officially in business as of uh, August, end of August, 2021. Right. And we are in 800 plus locations across Canada in, in one year. That means that we have pretty much three locations every day coming on board. Amazing. Amazing. Congratulations on that. You know, there's so much um, lessons in what you just said, to be honest. I think three, three things that you said are three of the most important things. One is looking to the future and having that vision. I was actually just on a, I, they were interviewing me this morning for uh, one of the largest uh, vegan podcasts and then directories out of the US. And they asked me, where's the actions of compassion company going to go? And then how have you structured? And I said, well, I have a 10 year plan and uh, and and we drive our purpose through that 10 year plan that, that's the key and then we have a five year and then i have three year and then i have one year and i have six months and i have three months and i have 90 days and everything in that is all strategically moved and all the uh, challenges that we need to overcome especially in the the earlier stages and i said but the whole thing is how am i driving the purpose of the company of the vision of the company and if i can get that right and then get my team right I said, you got a business that'll grow no matter what when you get those two things right. So I completely agree with what you said. And the second thing you said I completely agree with is the attention to details. And I think that's something small business owners are not that great at. And the detention to details are the key to your success. And I always say to my team, don't get sloppy. And they joke with me because they're like, hear me say it all the time. Don't get sloppy. Don't cut corners. Attention to detail. Everything we do matters. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like as an example, like as an example, this can, right? Like this is the alcohol-free uh, aperitivo spritz. This is the third version of this can. And we're not even a year in business. Like every time we do a batch, we're trying to improve something on the label, something on the formulation, something on the packaging, something in our messaging. Uh, we're trying to improve every single day with, one step at a time, one step at right. a time. Right. Obviously, being in my position and in being in your position, it has to be one step at a time, but 10 steps at a day. Yeah, but at least 
but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I feel blessed doing it. I can't be happier. If I have to work 24 seven, maybe if not 24 seven, 22 seven, yeah. I 100% do it, have no problem. I love working for myself and I don't see myself going back to having a job. Obviously if I need it, I'll 100% go do it. I have no yeah. problem working. Right. So job is not a shame. Go and get it done. You know, hundred percent. You got to get it done. However, you got to get it done. You know, it's interesting that you, when you brought up the packaging, because one of the things that I learned is I used to, one of my super good friends, Kevin Harrington, he was one of the original sharks on the Shark Tank show, and he would invest in people's companies. And I traveled with Kevin before COVID for about three years and helped him build some of his brands and do a lot of stuff with him. And he was still do- wonderful. Yeah. I'm a big fan. It's a wonderful. He, he would do well. That's Kevin O'Leary. Wrong, wrong, Kevin. Kevin Harrington was. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I thought you said Kevin O'Leary. I'm so sorry. Kevin, Kevin Harrington. So actually, they're best friends. They're all they're best friends. So that's how I met all that crowd. Actually, so Kevin was on uh, the first three years of the Shark Tank show, uh, and and then uh, Mark Cuban came in, and then he was building other businesses. And long, long story, anyways. And so, um, so one of the things is I learned he just do meeting after meeting after meeting. So we would be in a hotel and it would just be people like literally coming in, lined up, lined up, lined up meetings. And they would be Jimmy, his lawyer, who's one of my super good friends. They would be looking at the businesses, making the deals on equity, not equity, financing, all that, writing up contracts right there, going through the stuff and people after people. And one of the things that I learned the most was so many people would come in and he would look at their product. Like you just pulled yours up like that. He'd look, they go through the model stuff, be like, if everything, all the things work out and it's true in the back when we were up the slaves that you're saying, I like the concept, I like the stuff, but packaging sucks. We got to change the packaging. And it's amazing how many people that I heard him say that to, packaging has to change. And then when I looked at them recreate the whole packaging and, and, and I would look at it compared to what they came in with and then the aftermath, I'm like, holy, that's like night and day. But I see it such a, you know, it, such a wide thing where I think a lot of people have struggle with that packaging part to get it, you know, spot on, especially if it's sitting on a shelf. You know what I mean? It's a completely different animal then, right? That's very true. That's yeah. very true. You got to make sure that you, you differentiate yourself from the crowd. You get the messages, boom, boom, boom. Because when you are the consumer, like... Honestly, there is so many times that I'm going out to buy X and instead of buying X, I'm buying X plus this. And I'm like, oh, I, I didn't even see this because the difference between the pasta one and pasta 2.0, it's just a 2.0 that small that you're not going to even be able to see until it's time yeah. for you to do whatever you want to do with it. And I'm like, that's not the one I wanted. Yeah, totally. hundred percent, hundred percent. So much into the packaging and branding. It's so critical. And I guess you could say that comes back to the details, right? Like you were talking about, that's the detail, attention to that, attention to that detail. So if they want to, um, you know, buy your stuff, of course, anyone can get it in Canada right now. Where's the easiest way for everybody watching that's in Canada right now to try your product? Um, we're available in groceries and convenience stores. Um, right now, we're starting with cafes and restaurants. 
Uh, we, we tried to get into cafes and restaurants before during like hardcore COVID, but restaurants were in like surviving mode. So now that it's kind of back to normal, we're going after this market. Um, the best way to locate Opus is to go in our website, which is drinkopus.com uh, and find Opus around you on the store locator. And we also have our online store in case that there is no Opus around you. The only reason that we have the online store is if there is no Opus in your neighborhood or in your local store, five clicks, it will come to your doorstep, done. Nice. And do you guys have social media channels they can find you at? We also have social media. We're on TikTok, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. We're everywhere. It's Drink Opus, D-R-I-N-K-O-P-U-S. And come say hi to us and see who we are, what we're doing, and what we're all about. Awesome. Everybody go try their stuff because I tried it. I liked it. It's good. You know me. I'll tell you the truth. If I didn't like it, I just wouldn't say it's good. I probably wouldn't say it's shitty, but I wouldn't say anything. But it's good. I tried it. I like it. And it's a good cause. And they're doing good in the world. And they're changing the world. And it's vegan. So it's uh, more than uh, right to support them, everybody. So thank you so much for being on this uh, podcast with us. Thank you so much for having me. It's, it's, on, it's honestly an honor uh, being here and looking forward to the next time. Awesome. Take care, everybody. Talk soon.